Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a a Wi-Fi system that that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, You can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, You can purchase flights from different virtual locations, and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money. Um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while travelling and using public Wi-Fi. I keep coming back to that. Anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about. So all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free, completely risk-free. I urge you to do it. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I am your host as always and I'm joined today by two Autumn of their lives supporting Rangers fans. First of all, it is the bus convener from hell. It's Andy McGowan. Thanks very much for that introduction, David. I think, and I'm no longer a bus convener. This is this. Can I just publicise that? Folk can still ask me for tickets now. I've moved house. I no longer on the bus. I don't have tickets. Stop asking me. Are you no itching though to, to, to you know to get back into it? You know, just looking at a bus for a a leverage buyout. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think hostile I've done, takeover. <laughs> I've done my shift. 
and uh, I'm trying to think of a football manager that's in, uh, on a hiatus just now. That's me. What about Neil Warnock? He's retired and he seems quite happy. I fucking know Neil Warnock for a start, but no far after. I've no, no, no went to Dunedin yet. Well, also joining us tonight, uh, the, the host of uh, Who Are You on the Heart and Hand Network, it's Alan Bradley. Hello, Alan. Hello there. Yeah, autumn, much better than winter, David. Andy, I reckon all the people you thought were your pals, they're all going to run away now because you've not got the ticket influence. Eh? Uh, they have already, it's bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, it wasn't bliss on on Saturday. Uh, Rangers going to Easter Road, where we took on Hibs, and unfortunately drew two each, uh, obviously conceding that late equaliser, which denied us two points. Now, immediately after the match, uh, I think two camps were created, and I leapt into one, I'll be honest. Uh, I think a lot of people picked one, and, and one was the referee Costas. He, he was at it, and he cost us, and that was how I felt. And two was the referee was shocking, but we were really bad and it's our fault. We have to take the blame. We can't even look at the referee. And of course, like all these things, when you step back and we're now 48 hours on and you calm down, you realise both things are simultaneously true. We weren't very good, but the referee did cost us. And I don't think you need to pick one side or the other. I think there's certainly enough blame to go around and we're going to talk about both tonight. So the headline grabbing stuff, Andy, is of course the referee Rangers have appealed the John Lundstrom red card. Interestingly, they haven't appealed the Alfredo Morelos one, although uh, the qualified referees in the pod tell me that there wasn't really enough force in that to warrant a red card. I kind of think, having watched it back, you have two slaps at a player. I think you're giving the referee a justification to send you off. And, and even Tav in his post-match interview said, yeah, that was that was stupid. So the, the, the red card, though, we saw literally... I mean, literally, the same tackle in the first half, except it was by Jake Doyle's Hayes, and he gets a yellow card, and that's fair enough. I'm not complaining about that. But then Lundstrom makes a tackle, and he reacts to the crowd. Willie Collum, we've seen this before. Willie Collum gets bored during a football match and then thinks, I want the attention. He is like a toddler at a party. Aye, Willie Collum, eh? <laughs> Aptly named. Willie Collum, he's... He's a funny wee guy because it, you know how you, you, the kind of old cliches about you know referees were bullied at school and so forth. He, you can see with him that he likes, and this is the only sphere of life apart from when he's been a school teacher to, to kids that he has any kind of gravitas or authority because he, he kind of squares up to people that in real life he would never dream of even saying booty, and it, it, it's just this power trap from and. Um, he ruined that game. Um, to go to the two camps you were talking about earlier on about you know it was your fault, it was the referee's fault. You're hundred percent correct. It's, it's both. I was firmly falling into the, the camp on Saturday. If anybody watched me on Twitter, I have a meltdown. It was um, the, we, we, it was our own doing kind of thing. But Colin's performance on Saturday, this isn't something we've not spoken about before. He's not alone. It's diabolical. VAR will go some way to fixing it, but then I start to wonder who are going to be the people sitting in the ice cream van outside the ground with their, their uh, weed monitor. Who Are they going to be any better? So the Lundstrom was a disgrace. It was whether he's caught, he's, the angle he was at, this is me giving Colin the, the ultimate benefit of the doubt. If he was at the wrong angle and he saw it from behind and it looked knee high, 
then maybe I could see why he's given it as a red card. But wait a second, consult your linesman, think about it. He just couldn't, couldn't get the, the, the card out quick enough. Disgraceful decision, particularly given the Doyle Hayes win in the first half. I think he's absolutely right there, um, Alan. I think that for me, it is that. When I say that he reacts to crowds, and a lot of Scottish referees do this, the fact the red card was it instantly. Whereas he's absolutely right. Run in, calm the situation down. You see it in England all the time, where, not coincidentally, they have professional referees and VAR. Um, but, but take a second, speak to your fourth official, speak to your linesman, say, my guts are red, what you say, and see what they say, and then make your decision up. He can't do any of that because he hears the roar, he runs over and the red card is out and the decision is made and the ref isn't going to back down. We know that. So it's just, how can a guy with his experience of being a referee still fall into that emotional response referee? And which is the, the antithesis. The referee is supposed to be the guy who is impartial and takes a step back and goes, right, okay. And instead he gets caught up in the melodrama same as everybody else. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head and use that word experience. Jeez. He's not a young laddie who's just suddenly come through in his first season. How many years, you know, have we seen this, as you say, immediately? Not even just him, other referees as well in Scotland. It's as quick as they can get the card out. You know, sometimes by the time the ball stopped playing and the players stopped rolling, they've already got it out. So, I mean, that's definitely one. The other thing that really scunners me too is, I mean, what do they do? Do they not reflect? Does the supervisor not sit down and say, look, okay, here's what you're doing in terms of development you've got to, because as I say, I don't know, is it maybe 10 years or so? But these people keep doing the same the same things. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous. And again, the tackle, the John Lundstrom tackle, right away, the one in the first half, we all do it. Oh, there he's took one for the team, fine. Yeah. The minute Lundstrom took it, I went, took one for the team, and you're expecting yellow card. Lundstrom's face, it was like, what? And I reckon 90 of those, okay, we saw one in the, was it the Man City Newcastle game? But my goodness, even that, they immediately looked at it again, didn't they? And went, whoops, that was wrong. So, I, and I'm in the same as kind of you guys. I'm, I, I didn't do what Andy did. I just immediately don't go near social media, don't read a lot of things or so on. But to me, we weren't playing well anyway, David, but we were, we were getting there. We were still 2-1 up. And I That's do feel... Thing. I feel that Lindstrom going off, it did change the whole dynamic, you know, of the game. Even going down, we'll get on to Alfie as well, but even at the end, we're almost holding on. But I think if Lindstrom had still have been on there, there's a fair chance we would have went up and got a third as well. So just ruined the game. Yeah, it did. And uh, yeah, you'll get the appeal over. He will get the red card overturned. There's, there's virtually no doubt about that. But doesn't really help us in, in that circumstances. Andy, I feel that we've sort of gone back a few years here um, with Alfie. This is a conversation that we've had many times, but not for a long time. And I suppose that's maybe why I'm not angry, I'm disappointed, because I did think we were past this. I think that's, I thought this was something that he'd left behind. And again, you know, I, I've seen people who are, are qualified refs who know more than me arguing that it wasn't a red. I must admit, had it happened against us, I'd have been after I read, you know, on reflection when I've calmed down a bit after the match. Um, but my argument isn't about the rights and wrongs of the red. It's about not getting involved when your team's down to 10 men. That, to me, is like, come on, you know. And you know that the referee isn't good. And, and, and you know, in a perfect world, you wouldn't have to consider this. But it's not a perfect world. It's Scottish football. And you've got to say, look, I can't, I can't give him anything at all. I've got to to just be whiter than, than white in terms of my behaviour for the next wee while. 
And instead, Alfie gets involved, has two goes at him, let's be honest, uh, and finds himself sent off. He's still, when he's fit and firing our, our I, I genuinely believe our most important player. But this was like a throwback to the worst elements of him. And as I say, I thought we'd left this behind us. I so did I. Uh, there was there was something notable. I, I was obviously at the game, and there was something notable a while before this. He was near Longland the Park, and McCollum. I can't recall what, but he made a decision that wasn't very good. And it was the uh, red. He, he protested. Was it the red? Yeah. Was it, I, and, and and Colin made a point of pulling him over and giving him the old that, that square up thing that I'm referring to. This kind of. I'm the boss and look at how angry my face is and he's pretty aggressive, you know, the way the SFA referees are trained to be in their stance with the wide arms and all this nonsense. And um, I remember at the time thinking, you know, Morelos, you know what this guy's like, you know that he's, I don't think he likes Morelos and he gave him what he needed. To do your point, David, I think it's a red card. I mean, just because the elbow doesn't connect, then doesn't mean it's it's a yellow. I think it's dangerous play. It's aggressive. You can't swing your arm like that whatsoever. And he he made it easy for Colum. Cost is a game. I think. I think if he stays on, stays on, and we have ten men, I think we see the game out, and uh, would have been comfortable. So it's a total and utter. It just you know, brain fart doesn't cover it, and. I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing theses about well, he's frustrated and he's not getting in the game and he's he's not quite as fit as he could be. And he, so what? If you're on the game and you've got that twenty minutes or so, or whatever it was, half an hour he got, you've got to have a laser focus and help the team. And, and he's done so well to get rid of that tag or the hothead or, or liability. Um, really, really disappointed. And um, you know. The bigger picture is here that we've got a guy in his last year's contract. We're trying to get him to sign a new contract, presumably. There maybe will be suitors hanging about watching them, and they're going to be like, geez, we thought this was, was a wave. So there is a, a material impact on his value and his sellability. And there's also also a question to the, the people in Ibrox that are, are setting up deals for him, a new contract, because I don't think he'll make you think twice, but you're like, well... You know, is that because he's had three pay rises, something like that? It's about third bump he's had. That's about another one, I presume. So he kind of keep doing this, and he uh, to, without going on a, a total rant here, but you know, he goes away with Colombia. Colombia's a priority to him over Rangers. No, really, got an issue with that, but he does it to his own detriment. I don't think last year was the best thing carrying that injury he had, and his injury records know the most going when we actually sit down and look at it. And then when you add this kind of stuff, then... <laughs> I mean, up, up until that, no, genuinely up until that, that last but, one, I can't really remember a lot. Well, I, many times we say he's working his way back to fitness. Well, he's playing. I, 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 I'm sure one of our statos will do that, but I mean, I must admit, really up until his previous unavailability has tended to be for resulting from things like this, I think. Well, well, how, how often have we said, David, he's not quite fit, he's getting there, it looks a bit chunky. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I, I don't want to disagree with you when you're in this kind of mood, Andy. Because you know, um, I'm, I'm a little frightened and all. I'll tell you, Alan's nice and grandfatherly, and I like Alan. Alan, um, you know, did, are you going to stick up a defence for him on, on Saturday? I mean, look, first of all, no, I think no. Alfredo Morelos has contributed a lot more good stuff than bad stuff to Rangers. But I think at this point, as we're sitting here, there is a worry of, uh, you know, what yeah. version of him do we have? And with a year left in his deal, what version of him are we going to get? Aye. I mean, I was angry and disappointed because of the length of time that he's out. Obviously, that was the long, you know, the kind of injury that they had. And even when he first came on, you know, the past wee, where he's come on a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? And he's a wee touch. He's an obviously overweight, but he gets his goal. But even when he came on at Hibs, there was a couple of wee, they play it into him and he gets it and he controls it and he touches it back. And you're thinking, that's it, just do the basics and hopefully get a wee bit of time on Saturday. And who knows, we'll maybe use them, you know, on Wednesday. Yeah, that was my but, thinking. But, 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 but what really got me is you say, it was just okay, it was stupid. Uh, and again, I think because he had done it twice, then it definitely gives the and that referee anyway, but it, it, it gives him a decision. So I, I wasn't really. I thought, no, nah, it's a red. He's stupid. But I think what got me as well is even when he's gone off, he's got that wee smile, you know, a wee laugh. And I think it's that kind of stuff as well. Obviously, his head just went away. Overall, I think he's been brilliant for us, uh, and he's not been in the kind of roof one where you know you get maybe roofs out for so long. He comes back, he's getting up to pace, and he goes back out. So. I think over the past, certainly the past couple of years, Davey, I think he's been a lot more durable. And I definitely think he's given us far more than, you know, he's gone against. I think those first couple of years when Gerard was there, those silly sending off and that, and he did, he definitely seemed to have cleaned up his act. And you just don't know what the hang's going through his head at this, you know, this point in time on Saturday. I agree with Andy. I think if he'd still have stayed there, it would still have given us some out ball and it would have kept a couple of them at the back at least having to watch them. But by him being off there, basically their goalkeeper was playing away up now mm. and we were just hemmed in, you know. I take it back, David. He's 45. He averages 45 games in the last five seasons. So I'm talking bollocks, but I think... Yeah, up they... yours, Andy. <laughs> I'm not a man there, am I? No, no, guys, no, no, come on. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be very Scott. You're, you're a Scotsman for Christ's sake. Don't back down, double down. You know the rules, right? You've got I, I to just like, th- throw people off the bus, Andy. Th- I, you've gone now, haven't you? You can't do that anymore. You have yeah. to walk up that hill and then dig yourself a grave on it. That's what we do. We're Scottish, damn it. But uh, actually, Alan brings up a good point there, which is the, the tactics, the overall tactics. Now, we don't make enough chances. That's 10 games in a row, Andy, where we haven't scored in the first half hour. That's a lot. for, And I, and I know there's some big games in there, but there's also a few small ones as well where Rangers haven't scored in the first half hour. It takes us a long time, I think, to get into a game. We don't make a lot of chances full stop, but we certainly don't make a lot in the first half. Uh, and, and Saturday drove me nuts because a couple of times we got into some really good positions and didn't shoot. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kent, for example... It's mm-hmm. just his decision making these days about when to shoot and when not to is, is awful. Um, I, I, we do play, I think, overly safe at times, and the, I suppose that it, it, it's playing a certain way in Europe where you do need to look after the ball and you can't make wild and crazy decisions. But then in the SPFL, where you can be a wee bit freer and looser, we just don't seem to be in that particular mindset. 
we don't score enough goals and you don't need to be a mathematician to see, well, if you don't make enough chances, you're unlikely to do so. Uh, and I thought that, that Saturday was another case in point where we had a lot of the ball without really, you know, we would get into kind of good areas and then very little would come of it. Uh, and it just, our domestic games can sometimes feel like a bit of a slog that takes us a while to get into it. And am I being unfair there? No, because when, I'm, when I kind of get to sleep, I don't imagine sheep jumping out of beef dyke. I do imagine the ball getting passed for Golson to Sands to Barisic to Golson to Sands to Tavernier to Lundstrom back to Golson. And I'm, I'm sleeping within minutes because I'm, I'm being funny here, but it's, a, it's no joke. I think this is a major, major problem. And my Twitter meltdown on Saturday night was born out of this because I don't know the last time I was on here. Was it the Commando game, Livingston game? I spoke of red flags. And somebody dug me out. Somebody dug me up about it because they thought it was being a bit, you know, um, pessimistic. Aye, pessimistic, and I probably was based on that number of games. But we are so safe and cautious that it, it's kind of it's too much now. It's affecting the entertainment value for one, but it's also affecting the way we play our game in the, last, in the final third. So I know that seems like a, bit of a contradiction. I'm talking about the defenders passing the ball, but. Even the likes of Lundstrom, who is good at taking a ball and turning and, and actually moving forward, um, is taking the easy option too often. Barisic, the fullbacks, they're cutting back in and knocking their back unless there's an absolutely fine and clear uh, opportunity ahead of them. I get it from a European perspective. I also get it that you know Gio might be thinking, we play this way and then we play it all the time and that, that means you don't have to adapt for Saturday to Wednesday or Thursday whenever we play. So I get it, but um, I can't escape it. I think it's going to cost us. I think we need to amend the style of play very, very sharply because my frustration in Saturday at Easter Road was this is one of the worst Hibs teams I've seen for a long, long time. Like yeah, the teams thing. that were in the, in the Championship. And they've been struggling up to this point and we played them as if we were playing PSV Eindhoven again. And really what we should be doing is we should be going for the jugular and, they, I mean, look at me, Matondo. How many times did we get the ball in front of him to run onto? And I'm talking about, you know, boys doing the line. Stuff like that just wasn't attempted. It was basically get the boy to Ken and let him run at them. Um, it, it's not going to work. And it's going to... The cumulative effect is going to cost us. So there's two points there. Uh, so I'm a wee bit despondent about this. And I worry um, about the DNA of Gio's team and I, and I kind of qualify it because I feel like I've got a wee bit or I should have a wee bit of credit in the bank here because last season when Fulham were losing a shit over various things I'm like listen it's not over it's over and it'll go to the wire and you know there's fine margins but we're still in it I'm, I'm sitting here looking and thinking you know if we don't get it sorted then this league could be over pretty quickly in terms of uh, how close in touch to, to, to Celtic were because We've seen what they do, they go out and kill games. And I hate to compare us to them because in many ways we're a far superior team. But I worry about us domestically because of this, this issue. Alan? I, I think, Andy, you're talking about the getting to sleep. What I've noticed over the past few weeks, there's a kind of rhythm, in, in, you know, in most football games anyway. Our, our rhythm, at times it's almost kind of hypnotic, but it's far too slow. 
And it's as if it's, I've got the ball, I need to have two people to play it to. And as Andy said, you can actually predict which way the ball is going. I find that teams playing against us now, when we're playing at that same tempo, there's no quick variation. There's no, you know, kind of suddenly someone turns, plays a long, even the long ones suddenly become, let's get it back to goals and let's play. We definitely need far more kind of, I don't know, unpredictability in terms of our team. And at times it seems it relaxes the opposition as well because all they are doing is going, move to that side, move to this side. Even these past few weeks, we've been trying to play it through the middle and so on. But I think even at that now, they're beginning to catch that too. Uh, and as you said too, David, the amount of times we are now getting there or thereabouts the box are in the box and it's just drop a shoulder and shoot and it's, no, I'll play another wee one to him and he'll try and flick it all hard lines. Mm. So there is, there's definitely, and the whole tempo thing, Every now and then, do that. Take your thing the, out. The, it. the tempo, but the tempo is, is it, terrible. It, yeah, it's constant, and and it goes back to the start. I'd also argue that the last two matches, PSV and and Hibs, and PSV are a quality side, incidentally, but still, we got a goal right on half time. Now that should send you into the dressing room mm-hmm. buzzing and ready to come out at the start of the second half. In both matches in the second half, we surrendered the initiative straight away. Um, and, and that concerns me. We do it too often. We lapse into this, as you say, kind of somnambulant knocking the ball about uh, too easy. And then we almost seem to get confused after a while. We'll be knocking it about with no purpose. Uh, in a, and then we get ragged. And mm. you see it time after time. Uh, on that, what you mentioned there, Alan, about that, um, if you like, that little bit of kind of magic, that, that little bit mm. of unexpected skill. I remember mm. years ago, Rafa Benitez, who I think is a kind of similar manager to Gio in his outlook, and uh, at Liverpool, he felt he needed that. And he signed Robbie Keane, um, watched him a couple of times and went, I don't know what he's going to do, so I'm going to drop him. It, it's the control thing, you know? He, he was like, he, he knew he needed it, but he just couldn't bring himself to relinquish and to have a player who might do something wrong because he was doing something against the grain. And I worry that G was like that. Everything does seem very much I, built around a, an apparatus. Yeah. And it was a wee bit, aye, it was a wee bit, though, even with the kind of Michael Beale, kind of Gerard at times, predictability, but you're right here, and again, it's old Rangers da, but not even old Rangers da, but the amount of times I'm looking at games, I'm going, for God's sake, if you had a, like, even a Gaza, just give me the ball, I'll beat one guy, and then the whole shape goes, oh shit, and it opens up, but there's nobody throwing a wee grenade in by just doing that. And it just, it's here we go here. And okay, we get the wonderful goal against PSV, you know, work down and so on, wonderful pattern of play. But I would just like occasionally, you know, vary it, you know. It's the Dutch thing. The Dutch are, as we know, and and it's that about you have your structure and everybody knows what they're doing and everybody respects it. It, it, it just domestically in Scotland, I'm not sure it was. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, the strange dichotomy, Andy, that you have this situation where Rangers are a very good European side because they're built to play in that environment. I think that we're going to see, we saw last season with Celtic, that they're not very good in Europe. They're going to get murdered, you know, like like absolutely horsewhipped in the Champions League. But they will be able to, you know, and again, it's something we've discussed over the years on Heartland, you know, we've been going for 12 years now, about can you build a side that's good in both? That's a real challenge because the skill set you need to be good in Scotland will not serve you well in Europe, but it does appear that the skill set that we have, which serves us tremendously in Europe, doesn't translate the way we want it to into the SPFL, which is maybe a bit counterintuitive, but the evidence suggests this. 
Well, I don't think there's any question there whether that's the case. And uh, it's an age-old question. You know, we're, we're, we're dominant and we're talking about the Soonish years and Watersmith years and why we had a big problem and that we had to play one way at the weekend and then during the week it was a completely different completely different ball game almost. And uh, I think we've closed that gap a bit. And David, we, we watched football. I watched Man City yesterday and actually there are... I'm not comparing the quality of Man City to the quality of Rangers, right? But in style of play, they knock it around the back. But the difference is that once they get it, you know, at the halfway line and beyond, there's an injection of quality and pace and movement, and they can kill teams very, very quickly. So they can move, switch for that slow, methodical uh, defensive horseshoe passing to something that you know kills teams in a flash. I don't think we've got that, and I don't think we're going to get it. Is that a quality people. issue? Well, it's a quality issue for the the the, the market we operate in. So yeah. we look at Kent, who we look at as our um, go to creative outlet and you know a spark and he's you know we see he's shooting that's why he's probably playing for us unfortunately if it were to be get down to brass tacks so um, you need to be a wee bit more pragmatic I think in, in terms of how we go about creating chances for ourselves and we've seen Barisic overlap I don't know how many times in a game but we've seen that fantastic goal we scored for it because it doesn't matter who you're playing or what level you're playing. If defenders are facing their own goals and it's moving at pace, very hard to defend. So, I yeah, what can we do? We can change it a wee bit without totally losing our identity on a Saturday in the Scottish League. And if that means you don't play two hold midfielders and you play Arfield, then fine. Or you play Tillman in that team as well as Lawrence. Mm. Um, because... I mean, against Kilmarnock, we played we played Ryan Jack as attacking midfielder. Yeah, and we've done that with Kamara. Yeah, and they're not really that kind of player. They can do it, and they'll be probably passable in Scottish football against the draws that we played, but they're not that type of player. So why not just play Tillman or Lawrence together? We are, we're suited, as you say, I think now in European football. We saw Europa League, my goodness. You know, we can do that control. The difference in Europe, I think, as we always said, give the ball away, it's either going to be a goal or a shot at ours or a chance. Yeah. But the thing is, in Scotland, like Andy said, you can change it. You could try and drop a shoulder, beat one guy, go on a run, didn't quite come off. But you, the chances are Kilmarnock or St Johnston or Hibs or whoever will give you it back again. So, so do a wee bit more of that domestically. And OK, we can see why we need to vary it. You know, see, the European side. Uh. You, you could kind of epitomise the whole conversation we have here by the fact that Gio will always go for Scott Wright, either as a starting berth or from mm-hmm. the bench before Fashion Sagala. And I'm not saying Fashion Sagala is Marco Van Basten, right? But what I'm saying is that that kind of spark, unpredictability, and, you know, th- playing football without a thought in your head comes from Sagala. And I don't know why we don't just use that kind of thing in Scotland because sometimes we need it. We need it in Serdy. You're not going to tell me we... Sakala when they're done as much or more than Matondo on Saturday. Yeah, but Matondo's probably been brought in to do that as well and, and just hasn't settled yet, I think. Um, on this, just 39 men with 20 minutes to go, it is an almost impossible situation. It is. Logically, no matter who you are, you should not be coming out of the game with anything from there. I, mean, I think it is a testament to what Andy said about the quality that Hibs have currently at the moment. But was anyone a little surprised we didn't, try at least one out ball or have a, <laughs> um, one out ball on the part because it, it kind of felt inevitable and I know it wasn't I know it t- took a shot at the end um, you know from distance to to, to go in but it, it just did keep coming back and, and of course you know the odds are the longer you keep doing that 
and I'm not saying that we should have been playing, you know, a three-three-two at this point. But I was a little surprised we didn't have somebody up there to try and either run them or hold yeah. the ball. Dave, even just the threat of it, as you say, someone is quick up there, right away, if, if we're at the back, say there's two or three of us at the back, we're going to have to at least wait just in case if they, but if you don't if we're all back there it becomes comfy and they just move another 15, 20 yards forward, but no, I'm, I'm very much the same, it's, and my frustration as well, and I know it's changed too and Walter explained it all, but even the likes of it corners as well, sometimes I feel rather than have ever, I know Davies get four men in each post, Andy, but normal <laughs> people. But, you know, you've got people in the box, but I just always feel someone with pace, just put them up there and it just gives them something to think about, you know, at the other side of the park, yeah. I, would, I, would, I was bewildered because I, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I, I don't know why I would do here, but I'm not paid a million quid a year it's done to decide to make the decision. But yeah. for, for what I could see, to tell me if you, you two agree, the tag they seem to be bring Leon King on, put him on the right hand side, move Tavernier up and try and aim diagonals at his heat and see if in either, you know, like a, like a rugby game it went out of the park or else we, we get a flick on. No, we went 5 3 um, after it, but it, we ended up camped in the edge of our own box, um, understandably so, I suppose. But mm-hmm. I just felt that we could have done with somebody, as you say, who's got that pace. Or can hold it just something. Just hold um, it for a wee bit and fall. Because it just it yeah, did keep yeah. just as as you said, Alan. Their goalie effectively played in the halfway line and kept returning it. And we nearly got away with it, but it would have been getting away with it. Um, any blame on? I've seen some people blaming the keeper for the goal. It doesn't go in the mm. corner equally. I don't think you can see it to be honest, and it is cutting away from him. Um, Maybe defenders closing it down. There was I know the I know the ball's flying, but the even like Connor Goldson, there's a quite can ops, you know. Yeah, I, I it would have been a not good in the save. goalkeeper. I don't think. No, 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 it would have been a good save. Put it that way. Um, Andy, I don't think that Connor Goldson, who's such an important player for us, has been anywhere near it so far this season, and I think that that is contributing to our struggles. Yep, um, integral player. I was delighted with the re-signed his contract. Um, I thought not not just him, but that, that first Hubs goal, I thought it was an all round disaster from Matondo to Tavenier, but also to Goldson, uh, Barisic and Sands trying to keep up with Boyle. I thought I thought it was a disgraceful goal to lose um, for the three things to go wrong at once. And uh, I he's he struggles with expectation and. I think we go back to the amount of ball he sees. He becomes an integral player because he sees so much of the ball and starts so many moves. But we didn't even see many of these, you know, these good diagonals that he can do. He could pick a, a time, and I'm talking about transitioning for a, a slow pace, and then you bang, click a finger, and you're up the park. That was what we used to do with the diagonals to Kent or to the, to the other side as well. We never really got any of that. But he's defending was the issue. That, that, that's the first half's goal. The second half goal, I think, him and Jack, you know, if I'd done that down the park when I was a wee boy, my dad would have been kicking my arse, turning my back on it. Um, and I know it's hard to take and, and, and uh, to, to watch in slow motion, it looks worse, but even in real time, you've got to take, what is it Neil Warnock says, David? I'm not going to repeat it, but you've got to die for three points. Mm. And I think you've got to put your body in line. I thought, you know, we're nearly there and, and just put yeah. your heat, take a concussion, Let's get out of here. But maybe I'm being harsh there. Yeah, and and on Ryan Jack, I I don't know what's wrong, but he's done. 
Am I being over over? That's a definitive statement. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know, but he's looked a yard off it in the games that he's played so far. I think. If he's had a full pre-season and that's him up to speed and that's his performance, then that's worrying. People yeah, are people are kind of jogging by him. You know, he's going to them and they're just kind of hitting it and jogging, yeah. and his legs just don't seem to. His be... Legs only carrying him. No, um, no, no. It is. I agree. It is a concern um, because it. You know, he's, he doesn't seem to be getting any closer to that match sharpness that you would expect by the amount of games that he's played so far this season. But it is one definitely keep an eye on. Um, Alan, one positive, or a couple of positives. First of all, uh, I thought James Sands played very well again. Um, yes. For agreed. some reason, some people yeah. have decided that he's not very good and they're going to stick to that. But I, I think he's been absolutely fine for us in there and, and what isn't his position. And we should be looking maybe um, at getting him into midfield. But uh, we, we finally appear to have a goal-scoring midfielder in Tom Lawrence. Yeah, both of them. I mean, starting with Sands, not a left-sided central defender by any stretch, but he's got better and better, I feel, this season. I thought even on Saturday as well, reading the game, intercepting and so on as well against some of their pacey uh, players too. So, yeah, to be honest, I mean, we would all love a fit Hellander, wouldn't we, left-hand side? We do. But I I think, to be honest with you, no, I, I really couldn't fault Sands at all. And as you say, he actually looks quite comfy in the ball that you could. You're talking, obviously, about kind of Ryan Jack, but potentially, if you get central defence sorted, I still think he would add value there. And Tom Lawrence, for the outset, I know Tess says it was like a he'll maybe score a hat-trick in his first game or get sent off or whatever. I've been really, really pleased with him. I think he's, he's really busy. He is actually prepared to kind of drive things forward uh, and take shots as well. I also like, I think Malik Tillman as well, who wasn't playing Saturday, really impressed by him. He tends to fade, though, after about 60 minutes, but I think that's probably the more he plays with us, David, the yeah. stronger he'll get. So, he hasn't yeah. really played first-team football up till now, so no. I think that is definitely a part of that. Andy, um, you're, you're now a father, of course. How, how old's your daughter now? I don't know, my wife's no She's three and four. <laughs> well, I mean, Andy's now a father now, folks. Uh, even though he was in his 40s when, when this little miracle came along. Um, and that shows you that, that his testicles are still working. <laughs> and you want those love spuds, Andy, to look as good as they possibly can. And have I got the offer for you. Yes, uh, for those of you out there who don't give a hoot about our heritage, don't care about John Knox or or Bill Struth or anything like that, and are quite happy to defile yourself by shaving off your pubic hair, even though we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis and you're going to need to find warmth wherever you can this winter, quite frankly, uh, energy prices going through the roof. But, but, you know, apparently it's to do with making yourself look presentable I'll be honest, I've never had a situation where I found that I had to present my testicles to anybody. Um, in fact, any time I've tried it, I've ended up in front of the magistrate. But <laughs> a lot of you seem to be into this. And uh, we're, you know, we're coming to gift-giving season. If a friend of mine ever handed me something and said, shave your balls right enough, I think that'd be the end of a friendship instantly. But if you're going to manscaped.com, they are the leaders in this disgrace. They are the people that you want to be going with if you are going to soil yourself and your family with shaving testicles. Um, You get 20% off and free delivery if you use the code RANGERS. That's all you need to do, the code RANGERS at manscaped.com and you'll get the performance package. It's absolutely brilliant. It's got the ultimate grooming package and it's the, the greatest ball Trevor ever created. 
somebody phoned Norris McWhorter to check that one out. Uh, Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker for your nose and ears, which is a good product. I do use that. And loads of other ball-related things. So if you're interested in that, manscaped.com. Use the code RANGERS, 20% off and free delivery. Right, that's that out the road. Right, let's get to, a bit like your pubic hair. Uh, let's get to Wednesday night. We're going to Eindhoven. And Andy, just to make things even better, it's going to be 39 degrees. Really? Well, that's through the day, but it'll be it'll be at least 30 by kick-off, aye. Are you, two, are you two gingers going, aye? I am going, but a hat is very much <laughs> being impacted, yes. aye. No, I'm, I'm not going out. My family forgo a, a summer holiday because I spent all the money watching Rangers last I, year. So I, I couldn't possibly comment, Andy. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, a lot. I mean, uh, I didn't go to Belgium, and it was due to the fact. I mean, you know what it's like with the flights anyway, right now. Mm-hmm. And I went on to Belgium, and it was. I'm pretty sure that America got to the moon in 1969 for less money than they wanted to go to Belgium. But I got in quick with this one, so yes, yeah, off to off to Holland. We will have to adapt to those conditions, there's no doubt about it. Well, yes and no, because a friend of mine said to me the day, would it stun you if we knocked out PSV and then dropped two points at home at the weekend to Ross County? No. No, no exactly. Um, this Rangers team, it, it is, yeah, I fancy in Europe against most teams. It will be difficult, Al, don't get me wrong. I, Andy's mentioned there, they have a fanatical home support. They're confident they've got some very good players and we will have to ride out some storms during this match, but we'll also have to carry a yeah, threat because if, if we I, don't, it'll just come right back at us constantly. I mean, I, I, at the moment, you know me, I'm a don't jinx it guy, but I'm, after the first leg, I'm a 30, maybe 40% in terms of chance. They, middle to front, definitely look a, a real danger and it's set pieces we'll need to sort out. But defensively, they don't. Uh, and again, as far as I'm concerned, you never know. And it's up to us. There's a big old prize sitting there and it's just a case of Rangers. In one way, it might actually be good that we're not going, holding the one goal, because if they score early, shit. I think at least now we're set up. We know what we've got to do You know, at this point in time. But think it'll be tough, but if we can, if we can just do that wee bit, I don't know, middle to front, just create some more chances, take some. You, you just don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'd be a miracle if we get through Andy, but it would no. be a sensational result. Oh, it would be a sensational result, all right. I'm, I'm much the same as Alan, probably 40%. I think they probably hold the advantage now. Obviously, getting into a home game. Yeah, look, if it was the other way about, I'd fancy us. Ah, of course. Strongly. So, yeah. But uh, I thought they were a good team. I thought the uh, tight triangles were excellent. Um, obviously, they've got a couple of great, good players, the people that Man United want as well, especially. But uh, we can do this. This is the thing, and it's a kind of contradiction about what we're talking about. We can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, tactically and you know, the, the ability wise, we can match them, but um, it's the biggest game of the season. Not getting away from it financially, it's nothing else. We'll, we'll even get close to comparing to it. What's the key things we need to do, Alan, on Wednesday night? Uh, We've mentioned uh, ball retention, 
But yeah. set pieces as a worry, I, I, I can't uh, deny it. I, I think so. I mean, that, that that's a big one. And it's not even just the European one. It's definitely a worry at the moment, I think, set piece-wise. I think in the midfield as well. Um, I mean, certainly there was periods last week where I thought we'd done, I think, pretty well. Probably just shaded the first half. But there was bits when they started really dominating the midfield. I thought Stephen Davis in particular, there was a period where he was really dictating things and he was getting in, he was moving and, and so on. So I think set pieces are the midfield, but we need to be far better in terms of that pace up front. Now, I don't know how near fitness Ryan Kent is, but ideally, we talked even about a fully fit Morelos, a fully fit Kent, but I think we've really got to go with that kind of, kind of pace. We're going to come under the cosh for a fair old bit of it, but we will get chances, you know, I take it, Davy, men in the post at corners. Is that the first thing, aye? Well, I mean, given that if we're, if we're not going to be able to go and win the first header, then a man in the post does seem to be a sensible backup position there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just not the way people defend these days, Andy. You know, we've, we've had a lot of chat about Zonal Marking. The fact is, 99% of teams now operate three guys in, in zones and the mm-hmm. rest man marking. That is, it's a mixture. Nobody is all man marking. Nobody is all zonal anymore. It's just the way football is. And, and we as fans can can register our displeasure or complain, but that's the way they all play now. It's just the way football's evolved. I think it's, I think it's a wee bit, we, we, we as fans over-engineer or over-analyse the, how complicated it is, isn't it? It's about Tying the ball and blocking, to be honest. Um, that was why they scored, because... We didn't block. They didn't mm-hmm. block. If one guy, even just to slow that run down for the for that saying, well, I think it was, he doesn't get up as high. Um, but these are the fine margins, and uh, I, I thought the first leg, was, it was kind of tactically perfect. You know, we, we really, really restricted them um, in open play, and we're run done by two set pieces, so... You've got to take half of that, and I would agree with Alan that if we play with with Ken and maybe Matondo or you know or right even, mm-hmm. they they know we've got pace on the break then, and we've know we've got a striker in Cholak that is pretty deadly. Um, so I thought they were res- very very respectful of us at Ibrox, and I don't think they'll they'll change that much in Eindhoven because of that fact that they'll they'll know that we can play in the counter if we really need to. Well, let's hope we are successful in it. Right, a wee bit of housekeeping, folks. If you want to come and see Heartland live this Friday night, we are in Dunfermline playing at the British Legion Hall. Tickets are available online for this show and you will be able to purchase them uh, if you go to the, the description of today's show. They are in the link, the the. This, the the link you or they're in the description the link you need uh, it's not just us Kevin Thompson is going to be there as well always a good night so come along meet Kev get him to sign your um, Manchester top if you like and have a bloody good evening before we get set for the match on Saturday right uh, our executive producers in London Mike Lee and Paul Miles I like to send our thanks to them and of course my two guests for a splendid chat uh, first of all Andy McGowan thanks very much Davy Acid and Fairman boys if you're looking for a consultant bus convener. <laughs> I love the idea of you going in like McKinsey and uh, you know just just uh, organising their bus business into into a much more efficient thing. And to Alan Bradley, thank you, Alan. No, thanks. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not sure, Andy. Some of your pricing might probably blow them out of the water, yeah, mate. You'll I, need a well, lead or something. Yeah, I mentioned McKinsey for a reason there. 
I'm joking. I'm joking. Apparently, the boss that I left is thriving again. <laughs> well, a great, uh, a great Ayrshire phrase. He's got more money than a cow can shite. So, uh, <laughs> thank you very, very much, folks, for listening to us here on Heartland with a bit of homespun Ayrshire with logic chucked in there as well. We'll be back uh, next Monday on the flagship. Adam will be with you later in the week on Heart and Hand Extra. But of course, you know, if you want more from us, and there's loads of stuff over on our Patreon. It's just one fifty per month, and it's Heart and Hand. Uh, on Patreon, you, you just go patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. It's been a pleasure. Wish me luck in Eindhoven with my travel luck. I'll probably go via, I don't know, Nairobi, but uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll be there to see a, a Gels triumph. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>